We're back for another week. It is the Brand Builders Lab podcast and we are at episode 57. Welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. We're learning how to create an epic brand, find the right marketing strategies, and building your business is a constant evolution, classroom, and lab. Each week, we'll be diving into all things brand and marketing with special guests and solo episodes to help you build your business brand and big idea. Hey there, welcome back. It is awesome to have you here again. If this is your first time here, then welcome. It is amazing that you've joined us. My name is Suze Chadwick. I am your host. And this podcast is brought to you by The Connection Exchange, where we help you get confident to build a bold brand so that you and your business aren't swimming in the sea of sameness. And today I am super excited to have Caroline from OCD, which is Organized Curate Design on the podcast and we are talking all about how you can stay organized in your life when you are running a business. Now, I know that majority of my listeners are businesswomen, a lot of you have families, you are juggling lots of balls and so I thought that this topic would be right on point for those of you who are doing the juggle. We actually recorded this episode in between the Easter break and Anzac Day. So I feel like it is also a really good time to have this conversation because I know it's really hard to kind of stop and start school. You've got school holidays, you've got so much going on. And so really working out how you can get more organized generally in life so that you can enjoy the time that you've got in your business as well as the downtime that you have, I think is super important. But before we dive in to this week's episode, there's a couple of things I wanted to let you know about. Now, this episode is brought to you by my free video masterclass, which is all about getting more confident with your brand. So it is a free building a standout brand masterclass. If you struggle to get clear on your message, understand what the key elements of building a standout brand are, and you want some insightful training about what matters to your audience, then this one is for you. And you can head over to the show notes or go to theconnectionexchange.com forward slash brand masterclass and get access today. The other thing that I wanted to do is that I wanted to say thank you to those who have left a review on the podcast. And if you're listening to this and you haven't, then I would love you to please go and leave a review and let me know what you love, what you don't love, or what I could do more of for you. Uh, And also just share with everybody else that you are enjoying it. So I want to give a shout out to Emily. Suze is a powerhouse. Love your work, Suze. Your energy and wisdom make your podcast such a valuable and fun one to listen to. Thank you. Thanks, Em. That's so lovely of you to share as well. Actionable, fun and bold advice. Love the Brand Builders pod. Suze shares so much valuable knowledge in a way that's accessible and enjoyable. A Mish Mahami. I hope I got that right. (laughs) Thank you so much for leaving a review. If you listen to the podcast and you love it, I would love you to leave a review. It helps more people to find us. Obviously, I just want to give a big shout out and thanks generally for those who share that they're listening to the podcast on Insta stories, Facebook, Instagram, wherever it is that you want to share it. I really do value it. And I just wanted to say a big thank you. So let's dive in to this week's episode. Now, today I am talking with Caroline from Organized Curate Design. Caroline has spent more than a decade mastering the art of life management. Growing up in a large family, Caroline was no stranger to diaries, planners, and checklists. As a result, organization became an innate part of her personality. It wasn't until many years later when she began her career in the events industry that Caroline realized her talent was more than just a skill set. It was a unique attribute that uncovered a purpose to empower others with the tools to take control of their lives via seamless organization and delegation. And today we're going to be sharing with you five key ways that you can get more organized in your life. So without further ado, 
Let's dive into this week's episode. Carolyn, welcome to the Brand Builders Live podcast. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here. Pleasure, pleasure. So today we are talking all about how business owners can stay organized in their life whilst running their business. And we're going to talk about why you are the person to be talking (laughs) about this particular topic. And I think it comes at a really good time because as we record this, we are coming out of the Easter long weekend. We are back for a day or so. Kids go back to school. Then we've got another public holiday. And it's hard as business owners to keep all of the balls in the air that we need to and keep running our business. So I thought this was a really good topic for us to cover. That's 100% true. And you and I um, both have children. We both know what it's like to do the hustle and the juggle and all the things. And um, and also this time of the year here in Australia, it's like the weather's changing. People are starting to get sick. Other little spanners just jump in there and it's like the cogs are not turning. So um, yeah, definitely the right time to be chatting all things getting organised. I know. And I was just having a little bit of a wind saying I never get sick and, and the bugs have gotten me in the last couple of weeks. So juggling that as well. Um, and everybody in the house has been sick, but that's okay. We get there in the end. <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about how we can stay more organised. But do you want to just share a little bit about how you started and why you started OCD. And I do always laugh at the name because I think <laughs> it's um, It's obviously organised, curate, design, but yeah, I think for what you do, it's a great name. So how did you yeah. get <laughs> Um So I might just touch on the word or the, the title of the business. Um, so... I will admit that we started with OCD and we worked backwards. So we brainstormed, we were brainstorming names for the concept, um, for the business. And and my husband was like, we just need to make it something OCD because like that's just you in a nutshell. And we both looked at each other and went, that's got some legs. Let's go backwards. And funnily enough, the business name is the business concept. So we organise uh, your life and your mental clutter and all of that stuff. We help you curate it to identify what needs to stay, what needs to go, so on and so forth, and help you let go of stuff. And then we help you design your new, more in control, organized life. So, funnily enough, even though we started with OCD as a little bit of a gag, it's worked out really well and it's essentially the ethos of, of how we do what we do. But after we found the name and after we kind of got to that point, um, well, sorry, to go back a step, uh, when I had the light bulb moment, uh, I was attending a business women's event uh, and the focus was around finances. So it was quite high level. Uh, They were talking about how women really need to take more control of their financial literacy, how we need to empower ourselves and generations to come around um, taking responsibility for the fact that we need to be investing in our future. We need to be conscious of our superannuation. We need to be conscious of our investments and we need to change the, um, the dialogue around money. I love like, and that was very much something I needed to attend at this point in time. I was running, um, I have, um, I'm a director of another business. So I was running that other business as their GM at the time. I have two children, very time poor. And I was sitting in the audience and I'm super duper organized. I'm sitting in the audience, freaking out, going, oh my God, I don't have a will. And my super, like, I don't know what's going on. And all this super important stuff. And so um, for anyone that's done the, like the priorities around the Q1 to Q4, it was the important but not urgent items. So I was in good health. I didn't need life insurance. Like everything was okay. But I also felt that I needed someone to help me just with the admin and logistics of trying to get these things off the ground. So when I started searching, yeah, like VAs came up and other types of assistance came up. And funnily enough, initial searches, I didn't search under the word concierge, but I did come across that later in my um, market research when I was looking further into the business. And 
concierge didn't resonate for me either. The, the term doesn't resonate for me personally. I just think of Broadway tickets at a fancy hotel. That's the first thing I think of when I hear the phrase concierge. I was about to say it's quite American. It's very American and it's, it, to me, it's not grassroots. It's very fancy. Like, yeah, I don't know. That, so, and it may resonate with other people, but it didn't with me. And so I was like, surely there could be like a life assistant out there that could do my life admin and there wasn't, so it didn't exist. Um, and then I thought, okay, well, that's cool. There, there's, a, there's a gap in the market there. And I don't, because <laughs> I had so much time on my hands, I thought, sure, I could start another business because that's a smart idea as you, as you do as an entrepreneur. And as I started researching, so obviously I reached out to friends and family. I was like, so do you have a will? And how's your, you know, is your super consolidated? And a, re- a really good friend of mine said to me, she, I remember this conversation and she just looked at me and went if I can get in the car with one of my kids not saying I'm missing a shoe that would be the best thing ever don't even talk to me about my will where's where's your shoe (laughs) 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 yeah well funnily enough I'm not there very often so our house is a bit military um my husband is a little bit OCD as well. And um, so that's not our life. So our life is very much you pack your bag the night before, you put your shoes away when you walk in the door. We have a real system and our children love it or hate it. That's the life that they, they live. That's the household they live in. So I had jumped a step. I had gone automatically to, oh, I need a will and a super and all these high level, super important non-urgent things. But at grassroots level, people needed help with just day-to-day routines and really basic life admin stuff that I was taking for granted. So I thought, yeah, I can really help people with these things. So it's been a really interesting journey over the last two years and, and such a pleasure to be able to work in people's lives and really take the load, just really take that load off their hands and off their minds and, and implement systems for them so kids are not missing shoes when they get in the car. It's always the small things, isn't it? Uh, so <laughs> what are the biggest things that you hear your clients struggling with? And are your clients mainly business owners? Like who are your clients and what are they yeah. struggling with? So I never intended for my clients to be business owners. Um, it has naturally ended up that way. So when I originally researched all the different avatars that would exist as clients, there were quite a few. So I had people saying, what about, you know, the elderly community, if they need help with technology or they need to move house, like you could help them. And what about people that are first moving out, out of home and la 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 and, and all of these different clients that could have potentially existed. And I thought, well, I'm going to start with the target audience I understand, which is working parents that have school-aged children. And within that, I thought, yep, that's still pretty broad. But I, as I started broadening out and speaking to my network and chatting to people within my community, what resonated for people is that I could talk the talk when it came to being a small business owner. So by chance, because I have that language and I have that understanding and I understand how time poor small business owners are, that has seemed to be the real point of difference that resonates for people. So now I would say 80% of our clients are small business owners um, and 80% of our clients are women. So in most cases, we carry most of the mental load in, in a household. So that happens to be the way that it is. And within that, to answer your question about what do our clients struggle with the most. It's a combination of things, but I would say, especially as women, they struggle with the should. So I'm in my, I'm 36 and I should, and I'm a business owner and I've been in business X amount of time. So I should know how to create an Excel spreadsheet with formulas. But well, why, why should you know how to do that? Like you may not have learned that in school or there may not have been a specialty of yours. So uh, I should know how to get the paperwork ready for my boss. I'm like, well, why should you know how to do that? Or I should know how to set up a Google calendar and do my meal planning. Well, why? Why have we assumed that we all need to know this? Like we didn't click our fingers, become adults and 
someone gave us the this is the adulting handbook. It doesn't work like that. Um, so that's a real struggle for people. They um, they pile on a lot of expectation and guilt and it kind of goes around and around in their heads. And as that's all bouncing around, then they get really stuck. So they don't reach out for help because they almost have this level of shame where they say to themselves, surely everyone else knows how to do this. So why can't I get it together? And I'm not even going to reach out for help because I just feel like such a failure as an adult. So I bring it, I strip it all the way back and I say, well, what does perfect world look like for you? Is it just getting out of bed and being able to have breakfast and get the kids ready and get in the car and know that you've got all the groceries in the house that you need or people are running on time or X, Y, Z. Like what do these small wins look like and how can we discuss this in a really safe, non-judgmental space where you can just talk to me about the things that are really keeping you up at night and stressing you out and we can put some mechanisms in place to start reducing that for you. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. And I do think that that conversation is a really important one around getting help. Like even today I had a client say to me, how do you do all of the things? And I said, because I have mm. help. Like I don't, yeah. you know, I am organised and I do schedule things. I'm very good with scheduling my diary but I don't do it alone. And I just think that the more we talk about that, and I know that, you know, um, Emma Isaac from Business Chicks spoke at an event of ours a while ago and that was something she said, I have so much help and mm. you know, other women who I know, who I look up to, they're just really open about the fact that they don't do it alone. They don't know it all and they have the help that they need in order to do the things that they really want to do. And I think that there's no shame in that. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about five things that business owners can do to stay more organized in their business and their life or in their life whilst they're running a business. And I know that my audience and my listeners will be loving these tips as well because we're all in the same boat um, and we need all the help that we can get as well with how to really nail what it is that we're doing so that we can do more of the things that we love. So Take it away, Carolyn. What are we doing to get more organised in life? So the first thing that I would recommend that everyone does is stop assuming you will remember all the things. <laughs> We're just not made that way. Like I don't think anyone's made that way. I'm not made that way. I'd love to say I'm super organised and I'm really good with the detail but I still don't rely on the fact that my brain will remember at two o'clock to do the thing. So ensuring that you are slowing down and writing it down. Uh, so giving yourself the, the headspace to essentially decluttering your brain to free it up for new things and new ideas and whatever else by writing down the, the, either the ideas that pop up in the middle of nowhere or the things that you plan to do and having that all listed down. And to tie into that is having a master list of where you write these things down. So I don't encourage you to have a million different post-it notes and things written on napkins and in random places because that will initially, will, will essentially just cause more stress for you. So um, combining the practice of getting things out of your head whilst also having a master list. Now, I kind of jump from being a bit old school and having pen and paper and also having a, an electronic list. Um, it just depends on what it is. So some people do, do find that from an ideas point of view, they might have an ideas journal or something like that. And that's where they choose to write things down because that's a real creative, fluid space for them. But when it's items that are really task-oriented and it's, oh, I need to make sure that we get cupcakes for cupcake day at school or we need to do this or we need to do that, they're the things that I would recommend go into an electronic list because they're quite transactional thoughts. Um, I was just about to say, what sort of uh, tools on that? Because I'm a bit of everything. So literally when you were saying don't just have <laughs> random pieces of paper and post-it notes, it's like you can just see my desk. It's just <laughs> paper. I've got lots of notebooks. I also use Asana for my team. And then I've got my calendar for staff. 
So I feel like I'm organized, but there are a lot of bits and pieces around um, and not everything probably yeah. should. So how do you organize all of those things? Yeah, so if that is the case where you do find um, you're having a couple of different lists or paper, and that happens, like sometimes you can't be in front of Asana or you can't be in front of your whatever app you're using or whatever else and you kind of just need to quickly get it down or you may be driving and that like just isn't a feasible thing. Um, so you might have to leave yourself a voice message or something like that. Um, having some time where you consolidate at potentially at the end of the day is also a good idea. So taking the opportunity to, I personally um, have, and it is a written to-do list uh, that I will write at the end of the day when I decide that that's it, screens away, I need to get all this stuff and I need to have a bit of a game plan for the morning. So that's when I will consolidate all the, if I have happened to have a couple of different lists running during the day or whatever else, and I'll consolidate everything. So everything is once again back in the same place. We're the same. We use Asana in our business. Um, as I'm sure you can appreciate, I have to remember what things people's kids are allergic to and what their names are and when their birthdays are and really detailed information about everyone's families. And um, at times it can be really overwhelming. I'm like, who, who am I meeting with and what are their child's names and what did we talk about at the last meeting? And, and so there's a lot of detail there. So we do use Asana um, as it's a really easy tool and it's a free tool. Like there's so many amazing tools out there that are free that are built for business, but you can well and truly implement them in your personal life as well. Yeah. And Asana is great because there is an app. So if I do think about mm. something for my VA or for my team, then I'll just go into the app and I'll put it down, but I will definitely be taking that away with me because I do write on a lot of bits of paper but consolidating at the end of the day and looking at do I need to keep that or does it need to go into a calendar or do I need to put that into Asana um, I think is a really great idea because I find that sometimes when I'm speaking with somebody I write because it helps me think so yeah. so just the act of writing and that's why I feel like I've got notes everywhere but yeah. Um, I think also just kind of at the end of the day, do I need to keep that or don't I? And if I do, where does it need to go? Yeah. Great tip that I'll be definitely implementing so I don't end up with notes everywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah Win. Winning. Awesome. Winning. Okay. So slow down and write it down. Um, yeah. And so do you also have, so you were talking about like meal plans and things like that. Like do you, is, are you keeping everything in the one place? Yeah, so um, I'm a massive fan of the Google, the old school Google Calendar that's free. I tell everyone about it and I often, so I had a client that I met with just over the weekend and I said to her, she was really sweet. So she, I, I got to her house and she just made up this massive wallboard in her calendar in her kitchen kitchen she was like look what I did this morning and I went that's great I'm about to move that all online and she looks so disappointed <laughs> and I said the reason why is because if you're at the GP with one of your children and they say what are you doing next Tuesday I need you to come back for those test results you can't teleport to your kitchen and read the thing on the board so having something that's electronic that can be multi-layered and have sub-calendars is, is a really easy tool to use. Um, I love it. We use it in our family. And so um, I have mine, I have my husband's, we have a family one, we have one for the, each of the children, we have one for bills, we have one for meals, and then we turn them on and off as we need to. And we can have this really clear overview on what's happening during our week. We, um, I meal plan, um, it's another mechanism that I put in place that's super important for us managing our time, our spend and our nutrition. And so I can't stand the what's for dinner mum question. So even my 14 year old has access to the calendar and he knows, he doesn't even dare to raise that question now. He's just like, don't tell me to look in the calendar. I'm like, well, look in the calendar. Like, don't ask me what's for dinner. And my husband said to me the other day, he was like, I was out at a, a business lunch and I went to order. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to check in the calendar because if I have pasta now and we have pasta for dinner, that's not good. So, and, and I was like, it works, it works. Like they know what's happening. And so it's really handy and it's a skill that 
one, it's a skill that we can pass, I can pass on to my children, and two, it's a good way of keeping everyone in the loop as well. But yeah, lots of, um, I, I love it. I think it's one of the most underutilised free tools that we all have access to. Yeah. And so just integrating your life and your business calendar into like a Google calendar can obviously just help you to keep things organised and you don't end up double booking, which sometimes I do, um, things like that. So, yeah, that's great. And I do know, like I use Timely for my business and I do know that it integrates with Google Calendar, um, but yeah. I maybe don't use Google Calendar as much as I should, uh, which yeah. is why I sometimes double book myself. So, uh, so I think that that's great also. Yeah, and it's and it's as I said it's super easy to use. It does integrate with a lot of those calendar style appointment apps. Um, I use Set More for my bookings, and same same deal. So it has a path that links to Google, and it it automatically syncs, and I can see that I won't double up. The other thing, if we're talking about scheduling and calendars, is please schedule some travel time and buffer time around your appointments. But the reality is we're both Melbourne-based. There is no way you can get anywhere in 15 minutes. If you think you can, it's to your letterbox. That's about it. There's traffic everywhere. And if you allow that time, like how great is it when you get to a meeting and you're early and you go, oh, I can check my emails now or I can scroll Insta or I can do whatever I want to do with that time as opposed to walking in like a hot mess because you thought it was going to take you minutes so that's the other thing that I recommend people do make sure you've got your day plotted out so if you have three back-to-back meetings and they're in different locations it's just not physically possible to do that yeah absolutely yeah I normally I like to get somewhere early so that I'm not crazy rushing so yeah I normally sort of block out an hour or so on either side of that just yeah because also, it just takes me 20 minutes to get out the house, to be honest, let alone getting somewhere. <laughs> the but, shoes. Are you missing the shoes again? <laughs> Lucky I'm not missing the shoes. But it could happen. It could happen. <laughs> awesome. Yep. What's the next thing that we could be doing better? So I love the fact that you talked about your team and that you talked about your VA because that is definitely my next tip. So if you can, please implement the mindset around outsourcing and that mindset I need to be really clear about this I understand that as business owners especially starting off as entrepreneurs who are bootstrapped and we're trying to get everything off the ground the thought of paying someone to do something can be really overwhelming and can almost freeze you in your tracks like I shouldn't how am I going to spend money on that I, um, there's two elements there. So there's the, the first is the reality is the money that you spend on an expert will ensure that you have the time, if not more than half, and you get the task done in a way that the likelihood is you were never going to be able to complete it the way an expert will. So the quality that that will bring to your business and the Base that that will clear in your mind as opposed to teaching your business in those really early stages. The second thing to keep in mind is outsourcing doesn't necessarily mean you have to pay someone. There are so many different aspects and avenues of how you can outsource. So I outsource to my husband a lot and my children a lot. And yes, it's delegations, asking for help, it's this, it's that. It's all the same thing. Um, I have a really strong community that I'm constantly leaning on and I at times will even do trade. So I'll just say, hey, I'm happy to do um, a couple of hours of life assistant work in trade for your expertise as um, this or that. And that way we're both benefiting. There's no financials that have to cross the table, but we know that we're both valuing the service that we're both offering but it's not going to really hit the bank and it's, going to, it's not going to cause significant financial issues. And some people just don't think about it like that. So there's lots of different ways of doing it, um, but ensuring that you're outsourcing and you're ensuring that you're not trying to do it all on your own because it's, it's just not realistic long term. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say 
One, I think that we always think it costs a lot more than what it actually does. And the reason that we think that is because it takes us three hours to do something that it takes my VA 20 minutes to do. So, you know, something literally like I'll send her something and I would think, oh, my gosh, that would take me like a half a day to sort out. Um, And then 20 Mm. minutes later she sends me a link with like the draft of whatever it is she's created. And I just think like it could have taken her twice as long and that still would have been of value to me because I didn't have to do it, which means that I can be doing things that are potentially more revenue generating or things with the family or stuff that I should Mm. be focusing on because like you said, she's an expert. And so she does it better than me. She does it faster than me. Um, and it's not something I have to think about now. It's now off my plate. And I just, yeah. I couldn't agree more. I think that, um, you know, outsourcing as quickly as you can in your business mm. and actually doing the research on how much it'll cost, what the value will be to you instead of just assuming that you can't afford it. I think yeah. that's something that I always say to clients, do sooner than you think that you need. Yeah, yeah. And tying into that, so when you are outsourcing or delegating or whatever word that we want to we want to use, please remember that done in most cases is better than perfect. So two plus eight equals ten, but so does five plus five. And just because they're not doing it exactly the way you would do it, especially if they're the expert as well, like if they're doing it in a completely different way and you're like, I don't understand, but you, you get the end result and stop overthinking it. Like, let them empower them to do the thing that you need them to do and step away and go work on the thing you're supposed to be doing. Don't micromanage them. Be really clear about your expectations um, and also have a check-in point. So where delegation works really well in my experience is that I'll always have a check-in point just a bit short of the due date. So it could be a, a Monday task that is due on a Friday that I'll check in on a Wednesday afternoon and I'll say, hey, can we just have a five-minute catch-up? I'm going to schedule into my calendar. I'll give you a buzz. And then if you've got any questions, we can just gauge how it's going. In most cases, they don't even need to have that five-minute call, but they know that at any like during that process, process that time has been allocated we can ensure that we have the check-in and they can say yep cool all on track all good or actually I'm really struggling with this or I've got some clarification I need some clarification on this and that way you're not setting anyone anyone up to fail I um, get really frustrated when people have the expectation that I'm just going to miraculously always understand what they want and need and be a mind reader because I just simply can't be that so um, even when clients don't provide me with a check-in point, I'll make a point to proactively check with them um, because that way everyone succeeds in the end. Everyone's on the same page. I feel as all, I feel it's also important, the reason why the check-in is also important is because if you're delegating something to someone else, they will automatically assume you're super busy and that's why you're delegating to them. So they don't want to interrupt you. They don't want to call you with questions because they feel like a burden. So if you already allocate that time to them, it empowers them to have a list of questions if they have them and and go through those clarification points. So therefore they can succeed and they don't feel like they're being a burden and, and causing more issues as well. So yeah, done is better than perfect. Unless it's your accounting or your legal stuff and that super has to be perfect. Absolutely. And I also think that when you are looking to outsource exactly like you were saying, to be really clear about what it is that you want and what the outcome is. So I know that just Mm -hmm. even with simple things like if my VA is doing my podcasts, like, you know, all the images and the audio and setting up the pages, we've got like a flow chart. So it's just really going, if I was going to do it myself, what are all the things that I would want done? And then I just give that to her. I'm like, that, that's what I want done. Like those, those are all the steps. So I'll give you the file, I'll give you the show notes, I'll give you this, and then I need X, Y, and Z all done. And then she lets me know once it's done, I can go check it. And if there's anything else, then yeah. So I just think, like you said, I think getting really clear on what you want and then being mm. able to communicate, that means that that relationship and the outcome will be so much better. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Awesome. So my next, so my next tip is a little bit of tough love, and I've loved 
I loved your podcast about the tough love. I love that there was no music and it was just really different. I was listening to it because it popped up in my feed and I, I think I was walking and I was listening to it going, oh my goodness, it's like listening to gospels, like preach, sister, preach. <laughs> It was great because it was very much my style. Like I'm constantly giving people tough love. So I, it resonated for me and I wanted to politely send it to a lot of people, but I just <laughs> who I sent it to. But tough love. So just get it done and do the hard stuff first. So if there's something you really don't enjoy doing, but it is on your list and you you either don't have the capacity to or really shouldn't be delegating it and allocate time first thing in the morning when you can just get it done. Because the reality is when you hit about that three to four o'clock mark, you're exhausted. Most of us hit that kind of slump of the day and that's when you want to be doing something that's pretty easy and something you enjoy so you can get through the back end of the day feeling really good. Use your brain power first thing in the morning to get things done that you don't enjoy or that you find difficult and then set some sort of small reward for yourself. So it may just be um, your morning coffee. Now, I understand that some people need the coffee to do the hard thing first. I get that. But if possible, do the hard thing, then go get coffee or whatever it is. And um, obviously the reward needs to be consistent with the item that you're working on. So don't buy yourself a Ferrari because you checked your finances that morning. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. But something that, that matches the task at hand. Um, the other tip that I always have uh, is that in most cases, if it's going to take you less than maybe five minutes, just get it done. Like don't, don't put it down, just get it done. Just send the text or the thing or whatever else whilst being really conscious that if you've chosen to, um, and I know some people choose to block out times of the day where they work on certain projects. So if you're in project time and you've blocked that out, yes, don't pick up the phone and answer the text message or whatever else. But if you're in kind of a fairly free flow of your day, then if you pick up something and it's going to take you less than five minutes, then just get it done. Yeah, I remember learning very early on in my career. Um, I was taught by my manager, only touch things once. Mm. Yeah, it was yeah. just like if you pick something up and it can be done, do it immediately. Like don't mm. continue to look at something because it just takes up so much headspace as well. Yeah. Just to constantly yeah. be thinking, oh, I've got to do that, oh, I've got to do that, oh, I've got to do that. Like mm. just, just do it and then throw yeah. it in the bin or get it off the t- desk or just, yeah, get it out of the way. Yeah. Or delegate it if it's something that you delegate it. Love that. That's the best part. So my last tip is something that's really resonated for people lately. Um, And I find this one really funny because of the way that I've been describing it lately. So do you remember that Gremlin movie from back in the 80s? Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Well, some people don't because, like, they weren't born. Was it this moment? Like my... One of like one of the um, staff members we have, when she started with us, we were chatting and she was like, I'm 19. I was like, oh, I should know this because I read your paperwork. But like I just hadn't, it hadn't clicked. And she was like, I wasn't born. I was like, oh, gosh. So she didn't know. She kind of had heard of the Gremlin movie but hadn't actually watched it. But anyway, so for those of you who may have watched the Gremlin movie back in the 80s, you would remember that the Gremlin when they buy it from that random little shop, starts off super cute. So it's cute and it's fuzzy and it's like really friendly. And But the guy says, don't get it wet. Don't feed it after midnight. I remember there were a handful of other rules, <laughs> but they have really clear rules. Procrastination is exactly the same. So Instagram is fun and it like lights me up and I love like scrolling and I get so much information from there and I meet like when you and I met through Instagram like there's this really cool stuff that's when it's fairly gremlin when I'm procrastinating it turns into the green gremlin which has now been wet it's running all over my desk I've lost three hours scrolling mindlessly doing nothing watching all my insta highlights and stories for the day and it has completely destroyed my productivity. Anything 
can be turned one way or another. And I recently described this analogy to someone. I was like, yeah, like I just call them my social media gremlins because they dance at a party. So I go from the Instagram one to Facebook to LinkedIn to this one. And then I'm like, did I just check? I just checked that. Why am I back on this platform again? So I go around and around and around in circles and they're just having a party. They're, they've turned into green, green, green gremlins and they're jumping all over my desk and I'm, I'm not getting anything done. So being able to name and shame them and really identify what's going on with your time management around your procrastination and knowing that things like social media or Netflix or whatever it is that, that is your crux when it turns from being friendly to gremlin, um, they're all fine. They all serve their purpose. It's okay to have downtime, but really conscious of when it goes from something you love that's fun and furry and cute to something that's destroying your productivity and um, and start owning that. Because once you say, I, I've said this and now that I've talked about this example to a few people lately, they're like, oh my goodness, that is such a good way of describing it. <laughs> yeah, it is because everyone knows what it's like for it to turn from one to the other. So do you, does that resonate for you? Do you, do you kind of do you have yeah, that? I get that. I've been I've been a lot more conscious lately. So like you were talking about rewards earlier, like a coffee, mm-hmm. social media is my reward. So I will not touch it's like I'm not allowed to touch my phone. I get stuff done in the morning and then around about like ten o'clock, if I haven't had a coffee, then I'll go make a coffee and as I'm making my coffee, I'll go through my socials. So it's yep. like my little treat time for myself. Mm. And then I try and like, once again, get back on the horse and do what I need to do and have another break at lunchtime or whatever else. So, so social is kind of my little treat for myself um, yep. when I can. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that's what procrastination is. That I don't actually, I can't think of an example of procrastination that isn't okay. Like, Everything we do to to give ourselves downtime, to give our brains a break, but going for a walk around the block is really good for you, but can also be procrastination if you're supposed to be writing content or you're supposed to be editing or proofreading a document or whatever the case may be. It all has its good and bad side, but it's about identifying your own behaviour and saying, okay, is this, do I have control of this and, and I'm making an and am I making a conscious decision to take a break at this point in time or am I procrastinating and just trying my very hardest to fill my time with something that I shouldn't be doing? So naming and shaming those moments and being a lot more accountable for how you spend your time will really help you get the most of it and be okay with the fact that sometimes you're on Instagram because that's what you've chosen to do and that's, that's totally okay as well. Yeah, and I think um, I was can't remember who I was saying this to the other day, but when I was at the start of my business, I used to work all the hours, and I can't really say that maybe I was as productive as maybe I should have been. But mm-hmm. nowadays, I'm really set with my time so that I'm productive during the hours that I'm setting. And I was talking to some of the ladies in my Amplify group coaching the other day about scheduling time uh you know so monday tuesday fridays are client work days and then i've got wednesday and thursday which are like for zero and marketing and follow-up clients and those sorts of things and so i think Mm. that when you create boundaries around your work um it allows you to have more time for your life as well yeah so i think that you know if you are in a spiral of procrastination which is really just kind of choosing not to do the things that you know you need to do. And I think that you're, it's almost like you're stealing time from elsewhere. It's like, Mm. I'm going to have to steal time from my family or from when I should be watching Netflix or downtime in the evening or whatever it is, because I'm actually choosing not to do the things I know I need to do now. Mm. So I think that that was a big shift for me probably Mm. a couple of years ago where I was just really, um, I guess, a little bit not unforgiving but, you know, not flexible with some of my time where I was just like, now is the time I do this and that's just Yeah, yeah. And I think um, you said earlier that people will say, how do you do all the things and whatever else? I'm like, I'm I'm just really strict with my time and I'm really comfortable with saying no. Like 
I try to reduce how many coffees I have with people and whatever. I could go for coffee with like five people a day if I really wanted to, because it would be amazing and I'd really enjoy it. But that's not going to be great for my business and it's not going to be great for my productivity. So I'm really conscious that I'll limit certain things, even if I enjoy them, because I need to ensure that I have some level of discipline around how I use my time. I've got 24 hours in the day, just like everyone else, but I managed to achieve quite a lot because I'm very disciplined in how I use that time. Yeah, awesome. So just a question before we wrap things up, Carolyn, is that if somebody is like walking or sitting at home or whatever and listening to this and they feel really unorganised, and they're like, I don't even know, like I want to outsource, I want to have lists, I want to, you know, do the hard stuff. But I just, one, maybe they feel like they're not built like that or mm. two, they just don't know where to start. Yeah. What, like where should somebody sort of start to get these things in place, do you think? So I think... In most cases, I would recommend that they speak to someone that they trust uh, that they can brainstorm with. So the trust piece is the most important piece. And I'm really conscious that a lot of the clients that come on board with us or even that call us for a free consultation, they already have a level of trust because they've trusted our brand and they've seen what we do and they've seen what I talk about and whatever else. But if they're not in the space to, or if they're not ready to engage in a service or to outsource, is to schedule some time with someone that you trust and talk them through the things that you're really challenged by. So it may be the missing shoe. It may be your Google Calendar and your meal planning. It may be all the post-it notes. It may be something even bigger picture. It may be, I don't have a five-year plan and I think I need to have one. And it may be some of those should things that are in your head. But as soon as you give yourself the capacity to verbalise those and get them out of your head with someone that you trust that isn't going to judge you and is going to sometimes just listen, that in itself will work wonders for you because it won't be bouncing around in your head anymore. And what you'll find if you do speak to someone that happens to be in a similar space, be it they're another parent or they're another business owner or they have children the same age as yours or whatever the common ground is, they'll most likely have some experiences that they can share with you that either just give you a sense of relief because you're not in this boat by yourself or that give you some tips that make you go, oh, actually, I didn't know that the school had this thing, this app that we can use instead of me having to read hard copy newsletters or, oh, I didn't know that this happens this way and therefore if I implement that, that will reduce that load there or whatever else. So just giving yourself that headspace, clearing some of that headspace and talking to someone that you trust. Um, And then, as I said earlier, being able to at least take the first steps to outsource. So that could be, once again, different people in the business community, different people in your network or services that can do a range of things that you can find in lots of different places, obviously on Instagram, if that's where you're scrolling. (laughs) Because everything you need in life is obviously on Instagram. A (laughs) hundred percent. See, I always say everything you need in life is on YouTube. I like, I, I just learn everything I need in life. And in Didn't you learn how to like grass your backyard on YouTube? <laughs> I remember yeah, that because I, I was like, this I woman like is it. like, I love it. It was the best. I thought that was amazing. I haven't caught the, I've never caught the YouTube bug before. Occasionally jump on there to like find really random stuff. But yeah, I, I'm impressed at the amount of stuff that you can learn. That's pretty cool. That's hilarious. Well, YouTube is my black hole of procrastination. <laughs> so I have to be. So that's when there's like a hole. It. Yeah, it's like because the videos just keep keep rolling. Oh, totally. So good. Anyways, <laughs> party of YouTube gremlins. I know. I know. Well, that's been awesome. So we're going to quickly go through those again. So slow down and write it down. Have a master list. Outsource, and I'm going to say before you need to. Delegate and remember that done is better than perfect, which I couldn't agree more with. Um, Do the hard stuff first and obviously try and manage your procrastination. Gremlins. But the last one as well is I just think if you really feel overwhelmed and you want to get more organised, then give Carolyn a call, speak to somebody that you trust, 
um, just start, just kind of acknowledge that, yeah, I want to do this and then start to figure out, okay, what's the best way for me to just get it all out of my head and get it all down so that you can start to move those sort of blocks around and, and start to get them a bit more organised in your life and your biz. We'll have everyone totally OCD by the end of this. Be amazing. <laughs> Awesome, Carolyn. Thank you so much for those tips. They were great. And I do think that um, I just think, yeah, we do have so many balls in the air all the time. And I feel like life just gets busier as well, that getting more organised can only be a positive thing. Definitely. Definitely. I believe believe that being organised means you've got a plan and you can just keep chipping away at it, which is really good. And I think you can enjoy life more when you're organised mm. and you've got mm. more time for the good stuff because every, all of the everyday things are already taken care of, which I think yeah. is really important. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. So where can people find you? We'll have all your details in the show notes, but for those yep. who are currently walking the dog, where can they find you? Sure. So um, our website is organisedcuratedesign.com um, and on the website is where if people are interested, they can book a free consultation. So it's a 30-minute phone call where you can start to declutter your brain and talk through all the things that are keeping you up at night. Uh, Instagram, as we've talked about, Organised Curate Design, um, Facebook as well. And they're, they're the key channels for us. Uh, we will be launching some YouTube content actually in the next few months. So watch this space. We'll be doing a few how-to. Google calendars will totally be on that list um, and a few other how-tos. So that will be coming up uh, in the, you know, the next part of this year. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for joining us. And I know that I'm sure uh, my listeners are going to get a lot out of this and and we're going to make them all OCD, which is very exciting. (laughs) No problems at all. Thanks so much for having me. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode and you took away some tips on how you can get more organized in your life and in your business. I know that I will definitely be implementing the roundup at the end of the day of all the little notes that I write and whatever else I need to put either in a diary or in a sauna or wherever it needs to go. Uh, And yeah, I do think that maybe I could use Google calendars even more. So there were some great tips there. I think that we can always get more organized so that we can obviously enjoy the downtime that we have because we've made time for it. So I really do hope that you enjoy that episode. Thank you so much for listening and being here. You know that I value your time and you choosing to hang out with me so much because I know that there's a lot of other things you could be doing. But as always, if you enjoyed this episode, then I would love you to share it with your friends and community, leave a review on iTunes. And obviously you can follow me on all social platforms at Suze Chadwick, but you know, I do love to hang out in stories. So make sure that you come and say hi. But until next time, have an awesome week and make sure you keep playing big and branding bold. I'll see you soon.